0: In a world of EMS podcasters, EMS Office Hours is the only live podcast bringing you the latest topics and opinions in EMS. Turn down your scanner and turn up your speakers as we join Jim Hoffman and Josh Knapp on their latest EMS podcasting journey.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to EMS Office Hours. I am Jim Hoffman. I'm Josh Knapp.
0: And I'm Dave Brenner.
1: Josh, you are outside
0: today, I see.
2: I am. I am. I'm enjoying uh, some uh, a little bit of Pennsylvania time. I, I hope you're is. wearing
0: some sunblock. Um, SPF
2: 110? Not 100%, Dave, 100%. You know, because, you know, we in EMS always take care of ourselves first.
1: <laughs> SBF 110 plus?
2: Yep. 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 Yeah. it's basically a shield I actually have an umbrella right over here it's not
1: but I have it Yeah, Josh I, I'm uh, just waiting a minute for get a few people popping in here uh, before All we right. get into the meat of it but I want to just I got to send you an email Josh um, about getting some uh, wrenches to me uh, I'm trying to offer people that sign up at TurboMedic uh, mm-hmm. a free wrench if they sign up for a year. Well, oh, that's a hell of a value. At a special uh, discount, even to that. So you know, I just raised my prices.
2: Anybody who buys through you is an extra hundred bucks. So they're saving <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Yeah. they're saving themselves now a hundred dollars. So yeah. they should really go to you know, Turbo
1: Medic, Save a hundred bucks. Thank you. All right, so um, last week after the show was over, we um, talked a a little bit about something uh, called flipping the classroom. And I wanted to talk about that today, but also, you know, I saw a comment before that kind of ties into this when we talked about uh, the flipping the classroom, but somebody had mentioned in one of the Facebook groups about how quitting and failing uh is easy but they acknowledge that the ems classes emt classes paramedic classes are not easy so i started thinking that that's pretty much a good thing right because we don't want the classes to be so easy where just anybody can get a emt card or a paramedic card they have to kind of apply themselves and work at it and and you know pass exams and skill stations and Clinicals and all that stuff, uh, you know, to get that uh, certification, you know. And I'm sure I think you guys are probably. This would be a quick little segment because I think you guys pretty much agree with me that it shouldn't really be be easy to pass an EMT or a paramedic class, you know.
0: Yeah, um, I'd like them to know something when they come to help me. That would right, right. exactly right
2: exactly. Right. Well, there. I mean, there's there's a couple of thoughts. Uh, and I know Dave can expand well beyond my uh, meager capabilities as an instructor here, but when you have, uh, you know, failure rates tell you a lot of different things. I mean, if they're sporadic um, or, um, you know, if they're sporadic or not, uh, even with like class distribution, you can probably look at it as a student issue. If it's, more right. widespread, or when you're teaching a class, you ever teach a class and then, you know, everybody's getting every segment of the class pretty well, you know, good, good, good spread, good bell curve. And then you get that one segment of the class uh, where everybody seems to be failing or getting substandard grades. That mm-hmm. might be the teacher. Right? Right. I mean that might be the the teacher or the curriculum or the uh, the what you're using to teach with that is just not communicating um, that critical that that critical idea. Or, so it's you know,
0: or it's go. possible that there's a component of the course that's harder than others consistently, yeah. consistently because I've looked at a uh, I've looked at paramedic courses across uh, multiple courses against multiple uh, course providers, yeah, I'm not just talking about instructors, but the, um, the, uh, the agencies that provide it. If we were to identify three areas in paramedic classes that students have the greatest difficulty with, it would be math, right. uh, pharmacology, which is the study of farmers, and um, ECG. Those are the three areas where where the students seem to have the most difficulty. Perhaps it's because um, they're more difficult. I'm just suggesting that that's a possibility. Perhaps it's a part where people have less of a foundation. Perhaps it's a weakness in instructor. Perhaps. There's all sorts of perhaps. But if we looked at it across sponsorships, those three areas had the lowest. Just- just yeah of-
2: and and if you think about it there are there are two pinnacles which you know in modern day and I don't want to get too much into modern day education but when we're generating people and getting them through classes the, the 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 theme that I continually hear again and again is that mathematics is not taught well and English language is not taught well and pharmacology depends on a strong understanding of the English language because you have a lot of complicated words, a lot of words that seem made up, but, um, you know, you have to be Wait a minute. You mean
0: pharmacokinetics is not a real word? It is a real word.
2: (laughs) Dave, you know what? I have no doubt. I have no doubt in your grab bag that there would be a ton of, uh, very interesting words, but I mean, I think we could also agree on mathematics. Um, and, um, then you go into, and whenever you face a new subject that is sort of, let's say, alien to your previous understandings of the world. I mean, unless you're an electrical engineer and used to looking at cathode ray tubes that give you squiggly lines, sine waves, box waves, and all of that, other, the square waves and uh, all the other good stuff, you know, looking at an EKG for the first time can be a little unsettling. You know, sure. this is this is this is an actual waveform made by you know uh, resistance in the body telling me how the heart is beating and what areas of the heart muscle are beating well and not and not contracting well.
1: Sure. You know,
2: so yeah, I, I only uh, and and I'm not like I saw uh, one of the individuals in the in the comments before. Um, Pete Sawyer. He's he's having problems with his meta course. He passed the national registry, and now he's having problems with the national registry course. It's it's a tough test, and I think it's a little bit designed to be made that way. And I'm not sure that's the most effective way to teach.
1: Yeah. Well, this is this brings me to the the flipped classroom um, idea. Um, you know, because when we've got these class these subjects that. Start becoming challenging for the students. Is it something that we should be, in essence, kind of having them teach it to each other? You know, and maybe that's a simplification of what the, the full classroom is. And and I know that it's it's instructor instructor led, and and a lot of times instructors give a guidance on what they want the students to do. You know, to prepare for that that class, sometimes just watching audio uh, videos or, or listen to some type of audio thing or maybe taking a quiz before they come in so they have a little bit of a grasp of what the, the content's gonna be discussed that day. I'm just wondering what you guys think, Dave, you being an instructor as well, and, and your take on it and maybe the pros and cons of it, you know, when we talk about that 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 environment, you know, for I, part of me likes it because I feel that the we have a lot of adult learners that come into EMS and a lot of them are maybe you're better off getting out of the seats and being more interactive with what they're learning but some other ones I don't know sometimes I think you need to have that sort of strict sort of didactic you know instruction on topics you know so I'm just wondering your guys takes on you know take on that what do you guys feel like I said, maybe the pros and cons of it from your point of view,
2: Jim. I'd I'd like to just answer uh, Pete here, who's in the comment section, and he's asking, and he's struggling. I mean, he's he's looking to get to the next level as as medic, and the national registry medic is not an easy test, and like I said before, it's not made that way, but. Uh, and I hate to internally plug, but if you go to Jim's site, TurboMedic, you're going to get a lot <laughs> of stuff there that will help you pass. Well, wow, I, I was going to say, you know, the,
1: that's the thing yeah. I would try to tell people too that there's a lot of stuff online you can get to help you uh, prepare and, and pass exams. I would say, come to TurboMedic when you need to augment what you can't find and what your instructor's already taught you. Go to TurboMedic first. Just cut yourself out the <laughs> no, extra I don't searching. Know but you I know, will say this, Pete, Pete, if you're on the YouTube channel, it looks like you're coming from the YouTube channel, look at all the videos I have on there. I have a lot of videos on tips on how to how to prepare, how to study uh, for any exam, not just the National Registry. And it's all free, so check those right. out when you get a chance.
0: Well, just individual class exams. I Jim has sense. been working yeah. on
2: this for nearly 20 years, so I yeah. can tell you that. He's uh, got a cash. He's course. had the input of brilliant minds like Dave Brenner <laughs> right. and uh, –
0: Oh, my
2: God. You know, between the three of us, we'll get you through. Right. So, flipped classroom. How
0: about that, Josh? What do you think?
2: Well, you brought this up last week, Dave. And I, I have to tell you that, the, uh, that I'm not – if it's the, – the way that you guys are presenting the twists on it now, where it's like, okay, you guys teach the class – I'm not sure on how that works. You know, if you don't have a foundation, if you haven't made your level up in understanding the subject matter, then how can you properly convey it with all the other language issues that we have today between mathematics and English? You know, how are you going to convey a a poorly understood subject to people who have no idea of the subject? Well,
0: the the first thing I want to say, I want to say a little bit about flipped classroom. Number one, it's not simply described in a sentence. Uh, it's not simply that students go home and prepare a video or, or a presentation. Ah, they're all idiots. Um, however, uh, Jim, I will agree with you from my perspective as a student, I prefer what the instructor has to deliver more than what a student's perspective is Rarely do I get what I want from a presentation when I see it presented by a student. Now, I, I do want to give a little bit of background. Um, flipped Classroom is not about EMS. It's it's certainly not unique to EMS. Uh, it, it was around before EMS jumped on the bandwagon with it, before the National Association of EMS Instructors think that it's it's the best thing ever. Teach back. Uh, there well, that's is. not quite Teacher, listen, but. listen, when I was in second grade back in the Jurassic period <laughs> uh, at PS uh, 241 in Brooklyn, he was sitting teacher, there
2: bagging two rocks together.
0: My teacher, we, we were, to himself. It, and the teacher flipped the classroom. You know what the teacher did? Maybe you remember it. The teacher said, Listen, next week, the five people that present the news or all week are David, Marissa, blah blah blah. And each day of the week, we either had international news national news state news local news and the weather and what we did was it changed each day but the five of us would get in front of the classroom we'd hold the news articles from either the new york times or the herald tribune so that's a a while back we'd hold it by our chest like this and we would tell everybody what was in the article and maybe they would this is second grade that was a flipped classroom so the flipped classroom is by no means a new idea. And it was, it existed. But that's that's not the flipped classroom like you're talking about today. I'm I'm just saying it is a component of flipped classroom where you go back and you you go home first, you do your research and you present. That's one example, just only one. But having said that, having said that I wanna say that over the years in my career, and I, I have a long educational career and in 1981, I became a school administrator supervisor in the K-12 system, and I've had the opportunity to observe hundreds of teachers teaching in a variety of methods. Some of them flipped classrooms even back then before we called it that. Some of them did not. Some of them were masterful. Some of them them couldn't teach a dog to drool, couldn't teach a German, not a German shepherd, a St. Bernard to drool, okay? And if you know St. Bernard's, (laughs) I have a fan, apparently. Uh, um, Some of them were just awful. And and I did have the opportunity to observe a paramedic instructor in in the last six or seven years who was masterful at teaching a paramedic course and the classroom was flipped. And it was brilliant. I don't think I'd ever seen anybody do it as well as that instructor did it. But having said that, Every, every bit of information that was presented that day, which was masterful, and the students were up, up above their eyes engaged, none of them presented as well as that instructor could present. None of them. None of them could present the depth and quality of that instruction. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that the students absorbed more or less from them I know I would have absorbed more from that instructor than, these, than I got from the students, but that's me. And there is a, so if, if we were doing a drug trial, if we were doing a drug trial, you know what, when you do research, the N is the number of people involved in the research, the subjects, right? How many N would you want before you were taking that drug? It's as rather large, pertinent. As, do- as, or, as, as, as large as you, as you can, can get. get. Right. Yeah. So um I went to the NAEMT textbook on Flipped Classroom and I went down their their um annotations at the bottom and I've and I've gone online to see what primary source research and empirical data we have on the flipped classroom. Oh. And it there is a dearth. <laughs> There is a dearth of empirical data to support what we got. But the one empirical piece of data that they had, which seems to be when I go back to, to other empirical data, in other words, how many were there? What was the setting? So I'm going to tell you the n on the research, on the, not the books about how I flipped my classroom and my students are amazed, not how... The engagement is incredible, you know, not articles, not an article in, chron- in the Chronicle of Higher Education, not some teachers saying this was a great thing, but the N in the study, uh, a research study was 18. The students, the students were grad students going for a doctorate in geology and it was wonderful. I mean, it was just, it was just wonderful. There was no, there was no control group. Didn't have anything to compare it to. But if you know anything about doctorate education, it tends to be flipped classroom all the way. It's nothing new. They're always presenting their stuff. Mm. Um, when, once you get to the doctoral level, they have to present their stuff. They have to defend their thesis eventually. But the end was 18. 18. And we're flipping, we're flipping thousands and thousands of classrooms based upon an N of 18. Um, and I went back e- even... Uh, in the last week or so, to do some more research on the flipped classroom, and and most of the data, because now they do uh, meta analysis, they take all of the original studies and they throw them together. They do that in in medicine too. They want to see how many people respond to amiodarone or whatever.
2: Mm.
0: They combine it in thirteen in thirteen studies. They put together where each one had an N of uh, 500 or 700. Now they've got an N of 6,500, a better N, it's better to base it. So anyway, they went back and they looked at all of this stuff and there was very little to begin with that were, that were empirical data, primary source research with control groups, random randomized on both and double-blinded, um, very little on that. But what they did find is that the students spent a lot more time preparing. And what they hypothesized when they looked at all the meta metadata is that perhaps it's not the method, but the time on task that the students had. In other words, if, if I'm going to prepare to teach you a short snippet on COPD, I've got a half hour to present to my class on COPD. How long does it take? Normally, I would get a half hour of instruction. It would be nice if you can get the students to read the book in advance, but we know that That almost never happens, almost never happens. So we get a half hour instruction, but if I'm gonna present on a half, if I'm gonna present for a half hour, I know how long it takes me to prepare for a half hour presentation. It may take me um, another six hours to prepare for it. My time on task is incredible. So if we could get everybody to spend, all of the students to spend six hours on what was a half hour presentation, I suspect the six hours studying before and after total, I think we would have amazing results from students. Now that's my opinion.
2: Now you're talking about a, like an additional multiple hours of preparation per class. Sure. Which, you don't think I just go know, in there and wing it. Do you think that that, <laughs> that, that same multiple hours? Do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, no. Let me let me. And I can tell you know, where they what, are
0: when I see it. <laughs>
2: but it comes down to, in in a sense, is the amount of available time. We, you know, we know that that there are two like distinct versions of classroom. One where the student comes in and has nothing else to do that day. They have to go into class. They don't have any other worries or anything else. And then you know, as as more adult classes tend to form uh you have people who have other responsibilities and in ems since they pay us so well we're usually working two jobs and the third job is going to meta class which in and of itself is an enormous amount of time i mean i don't know about you guys but i didn't make it through meta class without um and uh and I also made it through the national registry. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, the, That's true. The, yeah. Pete, if Ooh. Josh can do it, you yeah, can do it. If I can do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I only. I only That's have a. Not yeah, That's
0: not yeah. true.
2: That's not true. No, don't, don't, don't get them disappointed. But um, the the idea is is that how much time are you asking for a commitment, Dave? I mean, just to boil it down
1: you know, for this teach back. Well, even like you said, Josh, too, like even at at the EMT level, I see countless uh, comments. I've gotten countless emails from people who are struggling with the, the, the courses where they're like, well, uh, I have a couple of kids or I'm going to to school or I have, you know, all these I'm trying to to get out of this crap job to get to EMT, which is a great job when they
0: signed up for their course. Yeah. No one said it was going to be easy. They no see one. the course. They
1: see like the they see the the requirements, right? However many hours it's going to be per week, per day, how many days a week, and they go in their mind, oh, I can handle that. Until it's like getting this content that they have to study after class, before class, things like that, and then it starts to get you know overwhelming. So you talk about the flipped classroom, and, and I totally agree with you, Dave, with that. If you have the students that have to prepare for that presentation, if they're doing it right, it's not going to be, oh, go home prepare for a 30 minute presentation tomorrow and they're going to get it done in 30 minutes. No, it's going to take much more time to prepare to present something for you know 30 minutes you know to, to, to a class. You know So I, I totally get that and, and then now you've got that comp- compounding on, on other things. And I was I looked at something um, about the flip classroom. One of the the cons for it was that it doesn't necessarily prepare students for um, uh, uh, standardized type testing like the National Registry. Right, well, it's not preparing them to that because it's not because it's not necessarily covering the key points that they will expect to see on an exam like that. It might be covering the content, the subject matter but it's not covering those, those, um, those bullet points that students are going to, to expect to see or will see when they're taking the test.
2: Guys, we all come back to that element of time. I mean, it, it really just boils down to that. And, and one of the problems, and, and you know, uh, Peter, right after you're done with your national registry and paramedic, I expect you to apply to the uh, Baltimore critical care program because that's an awesome <laughs> program. Um, and you want to you want to you want to think you're being fed through a fire hose now, sit in that classroom and, and see. And this is sort of my point. It's like in that critical care classroom, we went through pages, you know, every 30 seconds of the textbook uh, mm-hmm. or, or our or our notes. And we were we were fully expected. And if you wanted to compete and pass that class, you had to. Pre-prep, you know, have reading done in the subject matter before you even enter the class, before you have a concrete idea of what the reading's even about, have that reading done. So there's, that's a time commitment before class, during class, after class. You're being fed through a fire hose. Now, I want to just push this back on you guys and say, okay, when am I supposed to prep that extra depth so I can teach that subject matter back to the class in that fire hose format
0: you knew you were going to get fed through a fire hose when you took this class seriously seriously we told you up front that's what was going to happen don't whine at me now that you got to take care of your kids listen we did this we did this I was working a, I was working a full time, I was an assistant principal when I took my paramedic class. There was no there were no times. It wasn't like a nine to five job. There was there was no end. I was a I was the parent of two children. I was a husband. I was a a volunteer and I was teaching part-time at, at one college. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was it was my I gave up every weekend, I gave up every Every holiday that year, or you know, um, we didn't go away anywhere that year uh, unless you call going to South Jamaica to ride an ambulance, a vacation. Um, No, well, West Jamaica did the wear, right? Yeah, no, no, No. so uh, you know, you you know, you're getting into no, because the sun's not out at night, and people have got and people have got to to understand that. and, and we don't blame people for trying to get out of whatever rut they're in, or to get out of to get out of whatever uh, job they're in to to better themselves. But that doesn't that doesn't become our obligation. I also want to say something else: a flipped classroom isn't a flipped course. The whole course doesn't have to be flipped. You can flip a lesson. You can flip a component yeah. of a lesson. You don't have to do the whole class this way. You you. It would be foolish to say that because that's not diagnostic prescriptive. That doesn't go to what the students need. It it fails to adapt to changes. And if you flip in the classroom and it's not working for, let's say, 50% of the class, you got to step back and say, my job as a teacher is to find a way to make this work for most of, if not all the class. And if it's not working, if they're dissatisfied, if they're underachieving, you got to fix that. And, and that and was you, sort
2: of my point at the beginning of this podcast, right? Where, of course, you know that you can you can recognize the the issues that you're going to have walking into that class with with education being the way it is, and you can pretty much surmise the people, you know, their capabilities before they walk in, and then you're going to be throwing new subject matter at them, and if you know, which has been taught a thousand times before and will be taught a thousand times after. And if you're losing a certain segment of your class, then there has to be some self-reflection for you as the instructor to say, am I not communicating this important subject correctly?
1: Yeah. Listen, I I think, like I said, there's pros and cons cons to, I think Dave's comment a minute ago about how you don't have to have every class has to be flipped, it can be certain subjects to be part of the class. Um, one thing I saw that they recommend with the classroom as well is that you don't send the kids, the kids, the students home, you know, with this thing, all this homework, let's say that they have to prepare for the next day for class, you let there's a portion of the of the class that they're in, they can do it in class, right, sort of like in class homework so that they've got this sort of head start of what they're doing to get sort of maybe a, a basic formula of how they're going to prepare for the next day, what they have to study, X questions, and what the best things are to focus on, to be able to present from the instructor that's there. You know, um, so when they come in the next day of the day after that, they're they're prepared uh, to do that. Um, and I and I think it's, it, one thing I think that I, I think that it's getting it's gotten better is that now because of the realization that you know the, the, everybody learns a little differently you know um, that some people when it comes to flip classroom you can get students who really embrace that and get more out of it right whereas Dave is talking about where you know even myself I get more out of that didactic you know instruction than I would out of a, out of a flip classroom environment. But other people, it might be flipped, right? They might get more out of that than they would sitting there looking at, you know, slide deck and listening to instructor, you know, present, you know, but uh, again, that goes back to the instructor and how they're presenting it. And, and, you know, are they making it somewhat engaging, so that you're not dozing off when they're presenting.
0: And, and there is a spectrum between what they call right. what you're describing, the sage on the stage, who in their yeah. head says, I talk, you listen, you learn. Right To the flipped classroom, there is engagement. There's Socratic dialogue where we ask questions um, where the instructor questions people and almost has nothing other than question them to lead them down the right path. And that doesn't happen have to happen in an entire class or an entire course either. That can happen in just a, a five minute discussion about, mm-hmm. um, I love doing that in DKA. I I don't tell them anything. I only ask them questions about DKA and we build the concepts. And that way I don't end up with you. You remember, you remember the, um, the scales It looked like the scales of justice when you were trying to remember the difference between uh, DKA and hypoglycemia, you know, which, which one had too much sugar, which had too little sugar. Um, And then you memorized it before the test. And after the test, it was gone. Um, But but if you teach the concepts, boy, that, that's a whole other story. You can build it. Um, so there, there, there are methods of engagement that go from zero to 100%, which might be the flipped classroom. And, there, it, you know, it could be 10%, it could be 40%. I, you know, I think, I think that even online, which makes a more challenging uh, uh, format, to engage people to have them talk back and forth, I try to question them. I I've even had groups of people online. I I try to have them echo some of the things I say because it's something I want them to say, you mm-hmm. know. Um. So yeah. So I I think I think we can we can see that across the spectrum.
1: Yeah, I think I uh, listen. I I've watched several people that I know. They're not EMS people, but they are in college and high school, and I've watched them do the online instructing and there's not a lot of engagement going on. There's lots of staying at the screen, walking around with the laptop, not a lot of uh, attention being, being paid, you know, going off and doing something else while the professor is talking or the the teacher is is talking. So there is that, that additional challenge for people that do that. Or driving. Yeah. Or or driving. That
2: scares me. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. happened to study groups, right? I mean, do you recall those, you know, getting together with people in your class and and going to a coffee shop or you know, a student union or something like that and and actually studying the subject in silence with books open together in mass? Do those happen anymore? Yes. Yeah. They do. Oh, okay. So thank you, Dave. I you know, I was losing. Well, it's something that it's something that
1: I I offer and encourage a paramedic that we you know once a month I try to get Members together to talk about things that are challenging them. You Speaking know. of
2: Turbo TurboMedic, I have a little bit of an administrative <laughs> uh, task oh, here. Uh, for those of you who have gone to TurboMedic before the show, downloaded your podcast bingo cards, I have to, I'm I disappointingly tell you that that was not the, Socratic method—that what Dave said was Socratic dialogue. So that doesn't Socratic count. Dialogue. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, okay. But go
2: to TurboMedic before the podcast. <laughs> download your bingo card. Come right. in and uh,
1: prizes and happiness. Exactly. Well, listen. I, I hope anyone listening to the show—if uh, you're an instructor or a student, maybe you've had experience with Flip Classroom—that you are maybe leave some comments below. Send me an email. Let me know your your thoughts are on it. Uh, DM me on any of the social media channels and, and let me know your thoughts and we can maybe come back and revisit it on another show, um, guys. I want to just end today with your thoughts on something in the news. Now, if I had a fancy thing, I'd have news news all over the video and flushing in and you know, but breaking news. Breaking news. It's not really breaking, but I saw this is this I, is I,
2: people who you don't know opinionated on subjects you really don't care about. Right. Exactly. Huh. So
1: I, I saw this, This um, I gotta find the damn link now. Uh, it was a uh, about an, an, e, an EMT uh, in New York, I believe it was upstate New York someplace. And they uh, had all of their, uh, you know, stuff done to research. And apparently they weren't, they weren't, they uh, didn't have the paperwork done Processed in time and now they have to uh, You know retake the entire I guess refresher again, you know to uh, uh, keep their card So there's a big argument uh, on this article where They're talking about it it, He it wasn't the CMT's fault and it was the the agency's fault for not filing it in time or not giving him enough uh, You know time to do it and I'm wondering what you guys think on that, guys? Uh, I, I thought it was interesting because I, I don't know. I've recertified many, many times, and I don't know. I always make sure be I'm well in advance it. of the deadlines. You and know. when
2: you weren't, there was a time I remember when you actually let a cert in another state expire, and yeah. they were not being very help helpful to you, right? And you ended up having to just do it again because that was your goals to work in that state,
1: right? And and that's the thing, you know, they're the, the saying that they missed the deadline by um, six days. You know, and they've been in EMT for a while and uh, just this, this whole thing that they've le- not letting him do do any kind of calls anymore because he's got to do the refresher, refresher you know. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, there, there is an element here of letting time get away from you and not staying on top of what it is that you're doing now. This, this guy's a volunteer. I can go on a whole tirade.
0: That should be irrelevant
1: uh, on this day. I, I, it should be, but I, I relevant to me. Well, yeah, it is irrelevant quite honestly. But the, the, the thing is, is that this person's, uh, he has another full-time job. So, but I wonder, (laughs) I had, you have to ask yourself though. If, so this, if this That's certification amazing. was vital to his full time job where he was getting paid, would he have let the six days go? Would he be, would have even more on top of getting the paperwork in and everything so they wouldn't have to take this refresher class? Jim,
2: it's even you know, worse. the patient sats wouldn't have dropped as much had I changed the oxygen tank. Right.
0: You know, I was going to get mad at changing the oxygen tank. Jim, it's even worse this year because normally it's a three-year CME cycle. And by the way, on the day that you get your new card, you know the deadline for getting your paperwork in for your next card. You know the deadline. And by the way, you can get it in if you're smart in New York State. You can get it in nine months early. And then you will have nine months and three years instead of just three years to your next research date. So you know that normally it's three years. But this round in New York State, that person had four years. They had four years to mess this up. They took full advantage of it. A deadline is not the day you need to get it in. Yeah. The deadline the deadline is at the point where you said, oh, my God, I really messed up big time. I got to get it in today. I should have got it in six months ago, but I put it off six months ago. Five, when yeah. it was five months early, you blew it because you didn't get it in five months early. You did yeah. nothing to address your professional certification. I
1: I, yeah. Um, Jim, well, the I, problem I, is, I think too is that the um, – the, the the other thing is is that the if you look at the the a lot of the com- comments in the article most of it are not taking this EMTs um, side. Awesome. Good.
2: Well, you know, and and let's you know because they say like they
1: said there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, 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 leeway there, you know. One of the
2: aspects of this show is that idea that we're not, we're not an instructional instructional show. We're not a new show. We're as if we we were sitting on the deck,
0: we're we're
2: as if we're sitting on the deck, having this conversation. Right. But a couple of things that you, you should know from the opinions that are being shared here is that Dave comes from the education world. He's a full professor and, uh, you know he's seen and heard just about every excuse in the book why ho- why your homework is late. So if he's saying here that you know what you should have had your paperwork in on time, sorry, um, then you can pretty much bring it back when you're discussing the show with your with your partners and friends to say, you know, it is. You got to have your paperwork on time. That's the way it goes.
0: There's a, a, a quick little story, if you don't mind. Do I have the time, uh, Tim? I lost you. No sound. For yes. You,
1: yeah. you have okay. the time,
0: Dave. Okay. So, yes, yeah, plenty of time. Okay. So, I, I just want to go a little biblical on us. All right. Uh, this, I, uh oh, <laughs> I said that while he was drinking. It almost came out of his mouth. You know, so your biblical stories can have a twist. I was there. I was there then. So uh it's it's and I don't want to get crazy, I don't want to go into the, the social the social stuff on this, but it's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah where where the Lord felt that it I'm not even I'm not even suggesting that you need to believe this. It's it's allegorical, it's a story that helps bring the point across.
2: And connects it, to EMS.
0: It it does connect to EMS. Boy, you know, they they had a, a good EMS system there. But Aaron the Lord the Lord EMS. felt there was too much sinning sinning going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said to Lot, who Lot being the name of the, uh, the fellow who was there with his family and folk, said, listen, get out of here because I'm going to level these these two cities. this just not worth saving. So Lot being a, a bleeding heart liberal that I am, by the way, says to the Lord, listen, there must be some good people here. You can't destroy everything simply because of that. And, and the Lord says, well, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but I do remember it as we get to the end. Find me 100 good people, and I won't destroy these cities. So so Lot says, well, what if I only find 99? Okay, I won't destroy the city if you only find 99. Bottom line, what if I only find one? Okay. I mean, this idea of procrastinating and whittling down standards to the lowest possible level of course the lord if if you the lord knew the lord knew what was going on there and and the lord said sure just find me one it's not like a fair bet i mean you don't bet against the lord you don't bet against omniscient omnipotent uh, you know all knowing all all present all powerful you don't bet against something like that that's just anyway the bottom line was no uh, uh, lot couldn't find one waited to the last minute, went all the way down to the, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like waiting to the last minute. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that because the bottom line is at some point, it's going to bite you in the butt. And just to defend New York state, New York state department of health services understaffed, overwhelmed because we're all keeping in mind that we're also in a pandemic, which has health department uh, ramifications and they have set up the standards and there are multiple checkpoints along the way you have a cme coordinator in your agency you usually are affiliated with a cma coordinator on the county level and if you don't get your stuff together shame on you put it put it you know what there's an app for that it's called the calendar the calendar one month before it's due have it's a gongo off in your phone 15 days before it's due have the gongo off in your phone and say you fool! You only have fifteen days left. When there's only five days left, have the gun go off and say, "I can't believe you waited this long." <laughs> and on the on the last day, the gun goes off and it doesn't go ding, ding, ding. It goes wah, wah. Yeah, you messed up. Listen, the, the, so the thing to, is, sum, to sum that up, there's not a lot of sympathy
2: here if you miss the deadline. Not
1: yeah. for me. Yeah, and I, I, you know, listen, the, 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 he's going to have to take another basic refresher class. And
0: and one on time management.
1: Yeah, well, and the thing is, you know, what it Maybe Beneficial I see a lot of people listen I see a lot of people who who promote taking their fresher and not doing the continuing education. Oh. oh, you know, some people love it I just saw somebody talking about that with the paramedics, for financial registry re- recertifying, and they were like, just challenge it out and, uh, you know, don't worry about the, the, the CMEs. You're better off.
2: Well, it used to be if you wanted to be an instructor, you had to take the refresher class and score a certain yeah. level. You had, no no you, had take, oh. you had to take the written
0: test. The written test. Oh, yeah. So even you, if you, you took CME, you could take the written test. Oh, OK. Still, is that still the case? No. Now, ah. now, now being an instructor... So we've um, it's lowered it kind of like the, firefighter one. You get it for life. It's like herpes. You get it for life.
2: So we've actually lowered the standards for instruction as well.
0: Oh, oh, sure.
2: So the, the students. Are there are things stu- you uh, have
0: to do. You still have to teach a class once in a while, but you don't have to um, you don't have to redo the well, uh, you can
1: flip the class and not even teach it at all. Now, there you uh, go. put your student down as the CIC. Right. That's all. That's all. All right, guys, we end it there, I guess. Um, I just wanted to get your take on that on that little uh that article. Um see if there was a sympathetic ear in in the group because I wasn't seeing any online. I'm just wondering if I had uh you know, somebody else met it maybe had a uh a, a sympathetic uh, viewpoint, you know, to it. You know, if you read the article EMS, what kind of crime about being a father and volunteering for fifteen years and uh all this stuff, and and I don't know. I just feel like, uh, you know, it, it's it's no one, no one, I don't think any most people in EMS that, that go through it have to, you know, realize that, that they're not really going to be sympathetic to somebody I'm letting here. it letting it uh, expire, you know. So, all right, we're in it there. Um, I think we just lost Dave. Josh, I'm here. I think Dave popped out though. But, well, okay. All right. Well, thanks uh, for, for anyone that popped in in, the, in the, uh, the live video feed. I appreciate it, guys. Um, thanks so much for the comments. Thank you for the likes, the little heart thingies there. Hey, Dave. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, that's it. Uh, guys, as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me. It's uh, jhoff, J-H-O-F-F at E-M-S-S-E-O and Of course, you can always DM me on any of the social media channels as well and I will try to get back to you and answer any questions you might have or even let you come in on a live session with me and Josh and Dave and we can talk a little bit. That about,
0: would be about, awesome.
1: Yeah We'll talk about what you want to talk about here on the show as well. So all right, that's it guys um, As always, I am Jim Hoffman Josh Nip,
0: Dave Brenner
1: and all my barking in the, the background